the fuck you get in here? <laughs> and he's like, cat got your tongue and nothing to say. He goes, fuck off then. Wow. So. So you didn't get the autograph. Did you rip up the, the glossy <laughs> picture after that? Welcome back to The Unrestricted. Jeff Vexler, Richard Carnahan, the Bulldog, and Silent Bob on the ones and twos. Special episode this week. You know, you, you and I, Richard, this summer, uh, particularly in the downtime for the NBA and the downtime for the NFL, we've done a lot of golf. We have. Um, and the golf world has been flipped kind of on its ear, so it's been important for us to talk about it. And <laughs> the ping pong ball keeps getting batted back and forth every time I think the PGA Tour has the momentum. Live strikes back. And just this week, you see six players defect from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour. So Liv strikes again, and they're playing a big tournament this week in Boston, uh, their biggest tournament of the year so far, 48-man field. And I felt like it was necessary for us to have a special unrestricted podcast. We needed to bring in an SME. What's an SME? Subject matter expert. Oh, there you go. And for that, we brought in Mitchell Meisner. For those who don't know Mitchell Meisner, Mitchell is 26. You turned 27 yet. 26. 26. 26-year-old San Antonian, Alamo Heights mule, dropping cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and just graduated to the Corn Ferry Tour. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, to give a titch of background, Mitchell went to Rice after Alamo Heights. Um, so you, he got a better SAT score than you and I combined. That's correct. But my mother, sorry, my my sister and my dad both went there. So I get a little right. bit of owl okay. love. Go yeah. Go owls. yeah. Shout out. I get a little bit. After Rice went to PGA Tour Latin America, which has been one of the things that the PGA Tour has done to try to help younger players make their way towards the tour. Uh, in your third season, yes. correct, was just named Player of the Year. Of the PGA Tour Latino America. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Move in. Move in. <laughs> and on the strength of that, you get to go play the Corn Ferry. Mitchell, this is as cool as it gets. And I imagine everything that's going on in the golf world in terms of the PGA Tour beefing up its, um, its rules for the coming seasons and Live Tour maybe forcing that hand into that. I imagine you have been as plugged in to things as anybody on this planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, the live has definitely forced the hand of the PJ tour and there's a lot more money in professional golf right now than there ever has been in developmental tours such as Latin and corn Ferry, um, as well as now on the PJ tour. And it's, it's interesting as someone who's, you know, tried to move up tours from Latin to corn Ferry to, PGA to see all this more money kind of start to what's well, exciting be spread about and it's awesome. Um, I'm excited a, for you. I'm excited as no, well. It, I mean, it's a great it's a great time to be a professional golfer. It figuring out your path absolutely. And there, it sounds like there's gonna be a lot of options coming. Um, and you know, good golf definitely allows those options. And I'm hoping to continue to keep playing well. Just keep your putter hot. That's the plan. Okay, so I'll give you a little something that I know that you don't know about oh, Mitch. Drop me a nugget. Yeah. Um, so Mitchell's a right-handed golfer, mm-hmm. swings right-handed. Um, are you a right-handed or left-handed human being? Right-handed. Always done everything righty. Okay. You you your penmanship is with your right hand. Right hand, throw right hand. Buddy, putt southpaw. Putt sure southpaw. Do. You know I like that. 
Because he disengaged the brain. Is that is that what you think it is? I don't know, Mitch. What do you think? I mean, this is great. I, I didn't know we had Dr. Bob Rotella <laughs> over here. I shoot, pool, I shoot pool left-handed, except but, for all my hammer me, breaks. Oh, but do you shoot it well? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we can all do it with the other hand. It's just worth uh, the shit. Are you talking about pool or something else, bud? <laughs> now, let me ask you a question, Richard. Are you left-eye dominant? Boy, I don't know. I think okay. I'm cro- cross Mitchell, eye dominant. Are you left eye dominant? I'm left eye dominant. Yeah. So, oh, wow. do you so shoot, that makes do sense. Do you shoot left handed? I don't. I shoot righty. <sighs> He's wow, that's telling you. Wrapped up. That has question. to be. A- that, that's because that's how I learned. My dad and right. my grandfather. That's you know they're both right eye dominant. So they taught me to shoot righty, and I was four or five. So, you know, so I did what they were. They told me to do. So my grandfather uh, fired a shotgun and a rifle southpaw, mm-hmm. but was right eye dominant. And was a tournament skeet and trap shooter. Really? Which makes absolutely no sense because you shouldn't be able to shoot a shotgun or a rifle with the wrong eye. Correct. But he was. Okay. So go figure. And meanwhile, he puts the eyeballs out of it. Yeah? Oh, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. So he'd get people in the yard and... Oh, yeah. Have yeah, putting I, contests? I, I can be a little hustler. Hey, I'll putt lefty and give you a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I arm wrestle lefty. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, like, is Greg Norman texting you this morning? I haven't gotten any texts. No no emails from Greg. Mitchell, um, do you have an agent? I do have an agent. Yes, sir. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it's... I was going to give you my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's curious, the agency part of the this whole, you know, new atmosphere of golf is interesting because a guy like Bryson or whomever who are making $150 million, I, I would love to know what kind of cut the agents are making because, you know, n- normally it's 10 15 to 20%. I can't imagine they're making 15 20% of $150 million. Oh, I think they are, you Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> I think they are. Have you seen the way these agents are walking around in oh. major sports nowadays? Oh, I know, I, I know. I mean, now they're, now they're owning franchises now they're running the new york knicks like they're making their money on these contracts it's it's just it's outrageous and i don't know it's it's the money in golf right now is is crazy but it's fair and maybe maybe for the first time ever it seems like it's fair if we rewind to podcast press uh the podcast prior we were talking about what was going to happen for players such as yourself coming up in 22 23 um, can you explain to me what that $5,000 stipend might mean for a guy like you? So so I got a lot of texts that day, and I don't think that I actually fall into that category. So the the wording is poor in the email and the notice. It's It says Corn Ferry exempt players, but those are guys that are coming from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour. They're ah. getting the $500,000. It's basically a loan. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an upfront loan to start the year, and... If you look at how much guys on the PGA Tour make these these years, uh, you know these days, it's a lot of guys don't actually, you know, make less than five hundred thousand dollars. So, this five hundred thousand dollars is just to help start the year and help you know help them with expenses up front. But in the end, I don't think the PGA Tour is really going to dole out a whole lot of money. I think there are you know other cases where guys don't play well and have really bad years. I know like Michael Kim and Max Homa, like guys who are really good golfers have had years where they miss 18 cuts. In a There's row. the it's- Max Homa story of him making $11,000 in an annual, in a calendar year. Exactly. Because there, his expenses were so high. There are definitely stories like that, but for the most part, if you have a decent PJ Tour year, you're going to make upwards of 500 to a million 
for sure. But I love that the floor has been raised. Correct. Right. Correct. It's nice. Like, it's it's almost like a salary, but it's you know, but not quite. Right. But, and 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 it, look, if you were an NFL player and you had to worry about flying yourself to the game and hiring your own coach and your own weightlifting coach and your own nutritionist and all of these things that the Dallas Cowboys already pay for because you're on the football team and you had to worry about losing money every damn Sunday that you played, it would be much less attractive, right? Absolutely. So you said it's a loan. Let's say you go out there and they, they, they give you the 500 and you play horrible. Do you have to pay it back? No. So you're right. It's 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 more of a floor than it is a loan. I think that the reason I think of it as a loan because a lot of guys will make upwards of five hundred to a million, and th- that money will just be deducted from their earnings at the end of the year. So they'll still make a million. So if instead that's of getting course. that real big cardboard check, you get a smaller check. Correct. A few smaller checks throughout throughout the year. Yeah. So with live coming up the way it has, and again. I can't believe how much this has ping-ponged back and forth over the last couple of months. I mean, originally I thought Liv was fly-by-night, be gone before I could say boo. Then I was like, wait a minute. They actually have something here. I like this team. The, the idea of the team golf concept is something I'm always a fan of. Um, and most players come through the high school and the collegiate ranks familiar with team golf, so we all kind of love it. Right. And then the money obviously starts coming. And it's like, holy cow, they have a chance at this thing. And then it becomes, how do they coexist? And the PGA Tour steps its foot down and says, well, that's not how it's going to happen. We're going to raise our floors and make the PGA Tour so much more attractive so that we don't lose players, especially young talent, to the Live Tour. And we're going to squash them. We'll, we'll strangle them before they get their first breath. And then this week... <laughs> Cam Smith goes, Mark Leishman goes, Joaquin Neiman goes, Harold Varner goes, and and two other players also leave. And all of a sudden, Liv has this tournament this weekend in Boston, and it seems like they have the momentum uh, as the PGA Tour season is now over. Um, Where are you? Are you watching all of this? The Corn Ferry Tour Championship is going on. I mean, you got to be just monitoring every second of this. It's... It's tough for me because, you know... He still li- has to practice. <laughs> well, that's true. Life-changing money is is very, you know... It, the thought of that is very entertaining. You know, if, if Greg were to call me and say, let's, I'm going to give you, you know, $20 million, $50 million. Like, sure. it's hard to not even give that a thought because you can live financially independent for the rest of your life. You can do a lot of really good things with, you know, $20, 50000000 million. You invest it well. You can start a foundation. There are a lot of really good things you can do. The other aspect of that is, is the golf really entertaining to be a part of and to watch? And, and you know, we know Abe Answer, who is a member at Oak Hills. And um, from talking to him, it does sound very entertaining. The team aspect, I think, is, is, is interesting. It's it really cool. is. I think it, it takes you back to college and high school days where, you know, it's not just on you to play golf. And it's, it gets a little lonely just being, you know, an independent contractor and playing golf for yourself and, and being on a team is fun. It's, you know, what everyone really wants to do as you're going up the high school and college ranks. And um, that uh, that aspect of the golf is very entertaining for me to look at. But looking at the champions and looking at, you know, the 54-hole shotgun, like there there are these these intricacies that aren't, you know, ironed out yet. And, yeah. and and it will be interesting to know, to see the viewership this week with no PGA Tour going on, 
Corn Ferry Tour might draw, you know, some interest for me just because my brother's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Sure. It'll be interesting to see who graduates. And a hardcore guy like me exactly. would watch it too. It's, it's fun, you know, yeah. if you're a, if you're a golf fan, Corn Ferry Tour is probably more interesting to watch rather than the live. But for maybe the common fan, they might want to watch a Bryson DeChambeau or, or Brooks or Dustin. Um, yeah. Or whomever at, at you know, in Boston. It's going to get real interesting. It'll be really interesting <laughs> to see what the numbers on the viewership is this week versus – some of the weeks pat weeks prior, but they still don't have a TV contract, so you have to download the YouTube TV or YouTube or, TV, yeah. Facebook, and their website. So, Mitch, what's the incentive if you're guaranteed this money to go out and grind? There's none, in my <laughs> opinion. Well, and that's coming from that's blatantly, the guy that does blatantly there, honest. There's Thank none. You for I, that. I mean, there is, and and there are. Things that I am not fully, you know, abreast to with this these whole contracts and whatnot. It's I'm still unsure if the money that you make comes out of the guaranteed money. I know there have been rumors of that, and some maybe some contracts are built different than others. And but like, let's say that is the case. Let's say you win a tournament, and you win four million dollars, but you're guaranteed fifty, and your fifty is your ceiling. That to me, that's not interesting at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not fun to play golf when it doesn't matter. I don't like to go out and just play golf. I like to have a little bit of money on the line, whatever <laughs> it might be. If I'm playing, five, you're that guy. I'm I'm that guy. I I have to have <laughs> five dollars on the line. Golfer, exactly. We're all degenerate, you know, degenerate yes. gamblers, and it's. I won six bucks last Saturday. There you and, go. And I bet you felt damn good about it. You probably felt awesome. Yeah. Well, the ninety two didn't feel too good, <laughs> but that six bucks almost bought me a can of Copenhagen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> It's it's just an interesting you know, uh, and 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 it's interesting to kind of see a about Adderdo kills and he is still grinding and I think he's he, he is still grinding. he still wants to become better and um but for some of these guys like Cameron Chingali and Harold Varner Harold Varner and some of these guys that don't have any that won't get into the majors next year it'll be really interesting to see what their game does and if it starts to kind of you know plateau and level off or if they continue to get better because. Without world ranking points and whatnot, it's it's going to be really hard for them to actually get better and yeah, get what's in their some incentive? of these events. There, there, I, I really don't think there is any. Right. If you can't make the Ryder Cup team, if you are disqualified from the majors because your world ranking points aren't high enough, what is the incentive? You're playing 12 to 15 exhibitions a, a, a year. and um, But the money's awesome. The money's and you awesome. can cry yourself to sleep at night that you don't have a chance to win the U.S. Open and dry your tears, Mitchell, with $100 bills. Like Pat you're, Perez. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, some of these guys on the tour, it's, and and no offense to them, they are great golfers and they've had awesome careers, but the draw of some of these guys on the live right now is interesting to me why they would want to recruit some of these guys, and maybe they're just limited in who they can, but, you know, Pat Perez and Phil and some of these guys who their careers have kind of passed by, it's, you know, It'll be interesting to see if they start to replace them or if they keep them along for the ride. Well, that's the only way Liv survives is you Better. can't you can't live on Henrik Stenson. Right. Um, that doesn't work. That's a person at the end of his career or Pat Perez or Phil Mickelson, even though Phil is, you know, the second biggest name in all of golf. Um, you can't survive like that forever. You have to start attracting young talent. And they've they have begun to make inroads into attracting high-level collegiates to go to live. And guys like you, Mitch, and your brother Mac, are have got to be squarely on their radar if they wish to survive long-term because 
yeah, eventually Henrik Stenson, frankly, is just too old to play, and he's no longer relevant right. for the same reason that all of us don't watch the PGA Tour champions all of the time. It's just not as good. And you see the quotes that are coming out. I mean, Gary Player, Gary, Gary Player with the most Gary Player quote of all time, he's like, uh, he says, uh, basically these guys are afraid of failure. They don't trust themselves to go out there and work for it and succeed. And it's like, of course that's Gary Player. Because, like, you know, he's Mr. 2000 sit-ups before he takes a shit in the morning. (laughs) That's just who he is. He still poses need for Sports Illustrated. And Freddie Couples, you know, says, quote, to all my friends, this was in response to Cam Smith saying, hey, now I'm going to have more time to be with my Aussie friends, you know, back home, and I won't miss weddings and birthdays. Freddie Couples says, to all my friends who I missed birthdays and weddings, so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I was busy earning a living on the PGA Tour. And in my line of work, the goal is to earn your way to work the weekends. And by weekends, I mean 72 holes. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, his other quote. All these guys think they're changing the game. To me, it's comical. It's really comical to have music on every tee and have people drinking beers and think that's cool. I never thought the cast and crew that would do that would be the guys doing it. Yeah, They are getting lit by some of their elder statesmen. And maybe rightly so. I mean, Davis Love has been adamant, but of course, Davis is President's Cup captain. He has a, a real, a real dog in the fight. Well, I wonder if when Freddie got divorced, <laughs> and it was that astronomical number, if the Saudis were like, "Hey, man, you can work that <laughs> off. You can work that off in two years, in 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 thirty six events." Can I come back? See, then to me, that's always been what's going to happen, because I don't think they're going to live harmoniously side by side. Live hard to imagine, Tour? right? No chance. Hard I, to imagine. I think that that Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour have you know put their foot down and said this: we are, we're not going to live harmoniously. And um, I think there was an opportunity to do that early on when you know, but they Liv wouldn't approached. talk to each other. Exactly. Oh, quick question. This is all hypothetical. If it wasn't Greg Norman. And if all the heels in golf didn't go over, <laughs> would this be different? I think Greg headlining, Greg has, you know, a bone to pick with PJ Tour. And I think that he gets some weird satisfaction out of every single guy that, that defects. And oh, he yeah. always has. Um, he's, a, he's a sicko, man. <laughs> it, and, you know, more, you know, more power to him. I know that, you know, he had the idea for the WGCs a long time ago. Yes, and he did. You know, PJ Tour kind of, Kind of took that out of you know out from under him, and you know he he is definitely kind of bitter, and you know his career kind of um ha- has has some holes in it that he would probably like to fill and make a couple putts. And- yeah, <laughs> in your head, Mitchell, and you don't have to tell me the number, but do you have a number uh, where I, it's like that was going to be my first question? That is just too much money for me to turn. I've down. definitely thought about it. Okay. You have considered it. Yes, but but it's also, it's hard to really consider because I just came off the PGA Tour Latin America. Sure. I don't think that I am on the, their forefront right now. If I have a really good year on Corn Ferry next year, maybe it would become, you know, more of an opportunity and something to think about. But but my my thought is it would have to be a number that I don't think that I could make on the PGA Tour. And I, I trust my game, and I think that I, at the you know, at the top of my game can make a good living and, and win tournaments on the PGA Tour. That's where I don't understand Cam Smith, okay? And I, I, I really want to concentrate today's, you know, time that we have with Mitchell on Mitchell, but 
Cam Smith's decision doesn't make sense to me. He wins a $15 million event. He probably doubles that afterwards in endorsements to make this a somewhere around 40 to $50 million year Absolutely. for him. Don't you think that that seems Absolutely. more yeah. or less accurate? I So just getting in, into business with some of the agencies and, and agents in the contracts, it's the incentives once you win and once you reach certain world ranking numbers and once you win majors, like the the added bonuses is outrageous. Endorsements. It's, it's outrageous. Investment opportunities, and et cetera. So you win a major for, you know, 2.5 million, it probably becomes a seven and a half, $10 million win yep. just because of everything else. I mean, they called Hideki Matsuyama's when at the masters, um, last spring, you know, 16 months ago, a billion dollar win for him with what it could make him in Asia. I mean, a billion dollars for a win. It's outrageous. Yes, it is. So I'm with you. And I think that's a very smart, uh, for a young man, it's a really smart way to look at it. Um, is that guaranteed money? Does it far exceed what I could expect to earn in my PGA Tour career? I think that that's the proper way to look at it. And, you know, you certainly take that phone call, right? Absolutely. You listen. I, I think that a lot of uh, one thing that maybe some people haven't talked about is some of the injury issues that some of these players have had. And I think that for a guy like Bryson who have had, who, who started had have some issues and brooks and dj and even abe even abe had had back issues it's they just swing too hard man well, well some there's of them a might. finite there's a finite time that you can really go at it to the way some of these guys go at it i mean jason day has been you know kind of case in point on that he's had a lot of back issues i'm surprised he wouldn't entertain it and i know he's been pretty loyal to the pj tour He'd but be, i thought he was gone i, I thought he would have been gone already especially with the australia you know with, yes. with the aussie group kind of going i know that that one's a surprise to me and a bad back and you know L- big Lou, name louie made sense to me he's yep. kind of aging out is he's, he's he's always had back issues and yeah. you know he doesn't play a whole lot of tournaments and um there's some confusing decisions being made absolutely um when the news came out uh, last week out of uh, Massachusetts, I think it was, what was your reaction to the Tiger-Rory um, player symposium and, and the changes that were announced just after that? So it's, it's not frustrating. It's probably not the right word, but it does seem like the upper mobility golf is going to start to become limited, which is, you know... A little alarming. I think that it, it seems like the PGA Tour now can kind of pick and choose who they want to be in these these events through the PIP. Like Ricky Fowler hasn't had a great last few years. Nope. No offense to him, he's a great golfer. And um, but if the PGA Tour wants a guy like Ricky, who draws a lot of interest in golf, to be in these new you know elevated tournaments, they can just put him in there. And yes. for a guy like me, who's not as well known, and you know going to be probably coming off the Corn Ferry Tour in the next few years, like. It seems like the upward mobility to get into those events is going to be really difficult unless I make a name for myself. That's a good point. By winning a major or by being, you know, active on social media like Max Homa. Like, there, there are way in the, you know, avenues and ways to do that, but it seems like it's going to be a lot more difficult now. God, that's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about it from that angle. It's it's awesome once you're there. It's it's awesome. You Absolutely. You can make a lot of money, and, and your schedule is going to be you know, cut down a little bit and you can kind of, you're going to, those events as a golf watcher are going to be awesome to see because you're going to see the top 60 players in the world mm-hmm. or, you know, top well, 60 players on the PJ tour. Yeah. 
and th- those are going to be events that a lot of people want to watch. And but as a player and someone who's going to try and make their profession in professional golf, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get to those events. And it just it almost makes it like there's another tour. Like right now, it's PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, and developmental tours of Canada and um, Latin America. And yes, there was China. Now it's like this new tour. PJ Tour, corn. Yeah, it's tour. like the it's, elite. It, yeah, it's this funnel is just getting taller and taller and taller to you know try and climb the ladder to get to the t- the highest level. You know, it's funny if you had asked me eight months ago, is there something wrong with the PGA Tour? I would have just said no, no exactly. because like, he didn't. As a he fan, didn't know any different. I didn't, and, I, and as, no one did. Well, frankly, as a fan, it's freaking perfect to me. Like it's the it's the full on meritocracy. I think they give certain players a little bit too long to, um, you know, substantiate a victory from eight years ago or something like that. There's a few of the minutiae um, bylaws that I'm like, eh, come on, let me see a young kid instead of, you David know. David Duval. <laughs> yeah, right, something like that. Right. Um, there's, But basically, as a fan, I thought it was awesome. And, you know, you have your majors, you have your not quite majors, but they're Seriously important tournaments High like invitationals and yes. Yeah, exactly. And Arnold then you Palmer. had a, a large handful, maybe about 10 events where the big players didn't play, but what it was doing was introducing an audience for a hardcore golfer like me to the up-and-comers. Right. Uh, and I used as the example, it wasn't but two years ago, that Morikawa and um, Matthew Wolf dueled down the stretch into sudden death at what is, you know, what was essentially a uh, a, a poorly attended tournament by the top 10. A lesser event. A lesser yeah. event. And I watched two dudes and I was like, wow, those guys are going to take over the world. Right. And they kind of have. Um, yeah. So I, I, I want guys like you to get that opportunity um, when you make the tour. And I have no doubt that you will. I appreciate that. I got a funny story to tell you. Okay. Do you know that we share the same golf coach? I shouldn't say we share because he probably Mitchell gets ninety eight percent of his time and I get point oh 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 one, which makes perfect sense. If That's it makes you feel do. any better, he gives me the seven a.m. time slot, so I have to wake up about five forty five to get out to Cordier. But I'm an eight a.m. guy with them. Okay, yeah. Uh, Brian Gathright is the coach that we share in common, and uh, I told him I said uh, I had a lesson with him just before today's podcast. And I said, hey, I got Mitchell on the pod today. And he said, oh, man, that's great. You know, one of these days I'd love to come on with you guys. You know, he's really going to do it. He's really going to do it. He has full confidence that Mitchell's going to make the move from the Corn Ferry to the PGA Tour. And I have no reason to doubt him. But he says, Jeff, I need you to ask Mitchell to tell you one funny story. He says, Mitchell's the greatest bunker player I've ever seen. He was teaching a junior camp. So what, okay, do you know the story already? Right? Okay, yes, sir. All right, you tell it. So he was teaching a junior camp a few summers ago, and I was kind of helping out, but also kind of involved in, you know, the learning process of the junior camp. And um, he put me in the bunker station because I, I, I guess himself proclaimed and, you know, Brian <laughs> proclaims as well. I really do think I'm one of the best bunker players on the planet, especially wow. when it comes to short-sighted bunker shots. And I think that growing up at Oak Hills and being in some of these bunkers, I, I grew up small i was short i was small um and jaws especially on like nine and some of these some of these deep bunkers i had to learn how to get the ball up you know over my head over the lip and you know i i learned the proper technique to actually get the ball out and get it stopped fast so 
he put me in a bunker on one of the practice holes at Cordillera and stood and he did not prompt and like tell me and warn me that this was going to happen. And he stood on the lip and he said, hit it over me. And there's an audience of, you know, 12, 15, How big 20. is the lip? Uh, he's probably three feet above the the surface of the bunker, and then he's you know he's five, five and, eight. Yeah, he's yeah. five eight, so he's like nine feet over he, over where your ball is. He said, "Hit it over me," and I was like, "Ooh, okay." Um, so I I did fluff up the lie a little bit. Okay. I didn't want to like have him come out a little low and smoke him right in the teeth, but I did hit it over him, and and I think I gained a lot of fans from the you know from the kids that day. But it's I love my bunker game. I love teaching. I've heard from some of my buddies that go there as well. It's like they won't ever look at anyone else's swing except for theirs until they get in the bunker. If they're having issues in the bunker, Brian's like, watch this video of Mitchell. Just do what he does, basically. Um, awesome. Partially true, but only partially true. <laughs> he did show me your setup in the bunker. But since the first lesson I got from him, which was, I think, six weeks ago, today was our fourth lesson together, the, guys, the guy whose swing he showed me was yours. Okay. We're built the same. We're built similar. We have uh, you, similar you, setup. You're not as short. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're better looking. You're younger. You're not as short and you're a lot stronger. But okay, fine. I'm 5'5. Five, five, you're 5'10. Um, well, not, not on my PJ Tour profile. <laughs> what is your tour profile? I think call I said, you? I maybe 5'8, maybe 5'9. Oh, you got to exaggerate I'm that. Five, shit, eight, I'm 5'8. Tell him you're six foot. <laughs> um, 69 inches. So he was trying to teach me how to make the proper turn with my lower body and was using your swing as the perfect example of that. Okay. So I worked three weeks, five, sorry, three lessons, so about six weeks on that. And then I started down the rabbit hole of Mitchell Meisner a couple of days ago, reading about you, watching your videos, seeing some of your highlights, and I realized that, oh, God, I'm, a, I'm about to dork you guys out. He has massive ulnar deviations in his left hand. Say, say that again. Ulnar deviation. Mm, you want to kind of dumb that uh, down? Basically, his left wrist bows extremely hard. Okay. And I was like, huh, mine doesn't do that. <laughs> what if I did that? And so I started screwing around with it, and I brought it to Brian this morning, and he was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? That's the best golf swing you've ever made really? in your whole life. Okay. And I was like, I'm impersonating Mitchell Meisner. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> and he was like, Jeff, it's perfect. Let me show you the video. And- I don't know if he sent it to me, Mitch. I'll definitely show it to you later. It's like my whole life I've had a god-awful fundamental golf swing, and all of a sudden all I had to do was go down the Mitchell Meisner swing rabbit hole. I'm glad I can help. No, I really appreciate it, man. Oh, you beer. Are you going to get an autograph? Yeah, I might. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just – how many autographs have you ever asked for in your life? Oh, boy. Oh, this is actually a really good story. You want to hear it? That's it. That's okay. It. First of all, let me preface by saying I don't think I've ever asked for an autograph. If I did, I must have been five or six. I, saw, I was watching I Serena in her singles match two days ago, and I saw guys trying to, like, like old, like, she was going through the line of kids. Grown-ass men. Grown men shoving hats and stuff in her face, and yeah. she was just like, kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. this is overwhelming. Yeah. I haven't asked for an autograph since I was probably, this was probably the last time. I was 11 years old, and it was at Oak Hills. The Texas Open <laughs> got big time, this and, is so and good. the Nabi it was the Nabisco okay. Texas Open. So yep. they had really good players were there. And I think I know who won, but go ahead. So and it's Oak Hills, so it, it's it's not lax, but if you know your way around the course, it's lax enough. 
And uh, I snuck into the locker room. <laughs> and I just purchased a glossy 8x10 of the shark. Loved him. Thought he was the cat's pajamas. Loved? Is that past tense? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha, Mitchell. You betcha. So I had I had on I had on my Nabisco hat, I had my glossy, I had a Texas open sweatshirt, and I walk up and I said, Mr. Norman, shark, shark, can I get an autograph? And he looks at me and he says, Oi, how the fuck you get in here? <laughs> and I was just not that I hadn't heard fuck before, but <laughs> I heard like eleven? eleven. Just wide eyed. And he's like, cat got your tongue. And nothing to say. He goes, fuck off then. Wow. So. So you didn't get the autograph. Did you rip up the, the glossy <laughs> picture after that? I'll tell you what I did do. I had Bob Tway sign it. Nice. Because he was hitting balls mm -hmm. uh, later on in the afternoon. And I was like, hey, did you make the cut? He goes, no. I said, well, then what are you doing here? He said, I just came to pick up a check. I'm like, that's cool. Because apparently you get paid the week after. Okay. And it was the the week after the Tway Twap. The Tway Twap? Remember when he chipped in? Oh! Bob Tway? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll be damned. So I'm a big Bob Tway fan? No. Nah. Uh, we're all big Tway fans. <laughs> They're members of Oak Hills as well. Okay. Yeah. It, it all comes full circle. It does, in fact. But Mitch. Oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. That was the first Hall of Famer to tell me to go fuck myself. Yeah, but there's had more. more. Mitchell, there's yep. two others. Two others. Two yeah. others. Those are being saved for future episodes. Okay. But yes. I'll have to listen in. Um, Mitchell, I loved having you. I really appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. It was, it was a pleasure. It was fun. Best of luck to you. Um, you and your brother, which is so cool, are going to be playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Tell me when that kicks in for both of you. So they actually haven't released a schedule yet, which is really kind of pissing me off okay <laughs> um i have nothing to do in the fall i've just kind of been screwing around and um i'll play some mondays in the fall for pj tour events but it will likely start in january um it's a 26 event season over i think they're gonna go 10 months this year right okay. now it's ending it ends this week which is you know eight in a week mm -hmm. um next year they're gonna span it out over 10 months so it'll be less strenuous a few more time you know a few more weeks in between tournaments and i think this summer they had eight in a row so Wow. It won't be as bad on some of the players, and, and you'll be able to play more events. Um, are you going to travel with your brother? I mean, I feel like that would be a huge advantage to have somebody well, familiar to go around with. We'll kind of see how it goes. He did a lot of host family host family, and host housing this year, which seems really cool. I think it's cool to have a family there who kind of has a dog in the fight. And, sure. You know, takes you out to dinner, and um, I'll travel with my caddy. He'll travel with his, and... We'll play practice rounds together and, you know, go to a Texas Roadhouse and, yeah. and these, you know, little towns that they have <laughs> corn for events in. But we can't plug that. Why not? Because they don't give us any money. <laughs> <laughs> Does Taco Cabana give you any money? No. Um, no. Not yet. But <laughs> I will we'll travel, you know, adjacent to each other. We awesome. won't be necessarily staying with each other. It's He's got a year under his belt out there. I imagine he's going to be able to share some experiential stuff Absolutely. about the golf courses, about the cities to stay in. That'll help you, and um, I'm sure that you will be able, as the older brother, to just kind of be the maturing presence that's, that, that that's, you need to be on him. That's the hope. I think that's what my parents hope for sure. I think that he he almost isn't 
upset about not making the PGA Tour this year because he, I think, knows himself. He probably has some maturing to do, and I think that I can help in that process. And he then, on on the flip side, he can help with the courses and what to do in you know Omaha, Nebraska, and some of these other towns. So yeah. um, it'll be fun. I think. I think. Hopefully, look for us to both be in the top thirty next year and move on the PJ Tour. Go That'll kick some ass, dude! Appreciate Real it. Quick, Best of luck. If you guys play today at Oak Hills, who wins? I win all day at Oak Hills. Yes. Do you I, just rattle his cage because he's the his older brother? At Oak Hills. I, you rent space in his head. I I make a hundred feet, hundred twenty, hundred fifty feet of putts at Oak Hills most <laughs> times that I play, and I just I and I've owned the alley for as long as I've you know lived and. Um, if we played it 10 times at Oak Hills, he'd probably beat me three times. If we went elsewhere, if we went up to Dallas where he's living at Trinity, he'd beat me probably nine times out of 10. But at Oak Hills, I've got his number. There you Love go. It. Love it. Um, thank you all for joining us. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, Mitchell Meiser, maybe we'll get his brother Mac on and have a whole family thing. Get your dad in here too. <laughs> get Brian Gathright up in here. Have a nice powwow. Um, go get him. Appreciate See it, you, pal. Good Thanks, luck. guys. All right. Well, thanks for listening. That's today's show. Like and subscribe. Find us on all the places that you can find any of your normal quality podcasts. and uh, As well as check us out at unrestricted.show. You can check us out on the web. Thanks for uh, listening, and until next time, don't let your meatloaf. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good.